everyone, and welcome to Capes, Cows, and Masks, the show where we uncover the world of soups and science fiction. I'm your host, Jake Hart. I'm a podcaster, sound designer, and a writer for Fresh Take Hub. And as always, I'm joined by my fellow co-host and comic book shogun. Hi there, everyone. Tom Gapper. Yeah, happy to be here. Happy to talk about the news this week. We've got some good news to talk about this week. Very good news to talk about, actually. I'm very happy about uh, We'll go into that. We'll go into that. <laughs> a weekly news show. We're going to be breaking down and discussing the biggest stories that have hit the news. And obviously, we're going to have a poll list at the end of the show. And our main topic as well is going to be looking at Aaron Taylor Johnson's casting as Craven, and also the fact that Sony are adamant that their Marvel Universe will meet up with Spider-Man eventually. But we'll get into that in a bit. But before we do, as we always like to do, have a catch up. Tom, what have you been doing? How have you been? What have you been reading? Yeah, I've been uh, fairly busy over the past week. Met up with some old friends, had a nice barbecue, probably drank a bit too much, enough to make Thor proud. I've started reading uh, Nick Spencer's run on Spider-Man that comes off of Dan Slott. So uh, it was a bit of a shock initially because I was in my reading order going like, oh, I've got to read Amazing Spider-Man next. And then I just see that it's Spencer writing it. And I was like, I'm I'm not... Why is... Why is this not slot? I mean, like, I'm happy for change, but also it just feels weird seeing a Spider-Man comic that doesn't have slot's name on it. But I've been enjoying it so far. It's uh, pretty good. And leading up to War of Realms now, I think I'm that's, like, quite near in my... And, oh, that's it. Hunt for Wolverine I'm looking at at the moment. So they're trying to track down where the hell Wolverine is now that he's somehow alive. <laughs> After he somehow died. <laughs> Yeah, man, Spencer's Spider-Man run is really good. I've been following it since like the third or fourth issue. I like I missed the first couple, and then some people were like, "Oh, you you got to get on this because it's so good." And um, what's his name? Ryan Otley on on pencils as well. Superb. Like I love the dude's artwork. Well, obviously, what he did with Invincible and stuff, but his Spider-Man is so good. I just love looking at his artwork. So yeah. Really good run there. It is it? very pretty to look at. So, what have you been up to? I've been, uh, I've been sort of balancing work and uh, personal life and doing a lot of stuff going on. It's been a very busy week for me. Uh, but in terms of watching, like, I had a, uh, you know, I used to call this a guilty pleasure, but I'm going to stop using guilty pleasure because people should be proud of what you enjoy. And season five B of Lucifer has returned, and. I don't think this is a show that people talk about enough or watch. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Yes, it can be a bit cheesy and corny, but the characters are endearing. Tom Ellis as the devil himself, Lucifer, is just an absolute delight. And if I was to say anything, you've got to watch the show just for him because he is incredible. And yeah, man, I just really, really love Lucifer. Highly recommend anyone to watch the show. I think the first Three seasons are on Amazon here in the UK. And then the season four and five are on Netflix because obviously Netflix uh, saved Lucifer from cancellation. So, yeah, man, I've been just digging into that and really, really enjoying it. Well, I've been uh, looking for an excuse to get back into that again because I uh, I actually haven't watched it since it moved over to Netflix. Not out, not because I didn't enjoy it, but just because it kind of fell off my radar a little bit because I did think it got cancelled. But 
I've been meaning to because, like you said, Tom Ellis is he's maybe my favorite Lucifer in anything. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he's just ah, uh, like he's just so great. I love him. I love him the bits. He's so good. Like I don't want to spoil anything, but like they're bringing in some big characters you could say from uh like that sort of you know the angel god devil sort of world uh so yeah it, it's fun man it's it's been it's been a blast and i've also been abusing the cinema as much as possible <laughs> now that they've been open so uh what did i see last week i went to go see a quiet place part two absolutely stunning film superb i loved the first a quiet place like when that came out it was one of my favorite films of the year I lo- i'm a big horror fan so whenever people try to do something different or unique with horror i'm always down for and i think john krasinski um nailed it with that um a quiet place and when they said well, they're going to do a sequel i thought ma you know typical sort of studio mentality it made a lot of money let's make a sequel when i when i've always been a big believer like especially with horror movies it's almost in the uniqueness that makes them so special. Like I found with horror sequels especially, they just always turn out trash most of the time anyway. Chappy. So, yeah, well, there you go. Um, but and, and Halloween and all sorts of uh, movies like that. Um, but this one, my God, I may even say that the sequel is probably better than the first because John Krasinski just adds that extra level of depth to this film. We obviously... It's got more budget, so there's bigger like set pieces and stuff, but it's just so good. So if people, if you're going to see one film in the cinema this week, people, make sure it's A Quiet Place Part 2. Definitely going to check that out, I think. You're a fan of horror, though, aren't you, Tom? I've ha- I have a love-hate relationship with horror. It's like I used to really love it and up until the point where like every single horror film I was watching just felt like the exact same film. And like when it gets to the point that like you're not scared because you can predict everything that's going to happen, it, it's like. Plus, I had an ex who was a little too into horror films. She watched some really, really bad ones, like some horrifying ones, like. So sort of like like gore porn and stuff like that. Yeah, stuff that's probably like banned in several countries, you know, <laughs> just like. So that put me off it a little bit, but. Uh, there are some horrors I, I do appreciate. I do more appreciate the classics, though. Like, The Fog is one of my favorites. Love that. Hmm. Well, any, like, original Carpenter stuff is is gold. Right? Yeah, exactly. I like Jordan Peele's work. Uh, of course. I probably... I watched the first A Quiet Place. It was... I did really enjoy it. Um, if you say the second one's even better, then, hell yeah, I'm down for seeing that. And I need an excuse to go to the cinema. So, there we go. I was actually, I was speaking to Dave about this off air. Like, I actually think horror is like one of the, probably like one of the better genres to like bring people back to the cinema together. Because I think horror does create like this sort of communal experience when you're watching in the cinema. You know, everybody or everybody should be scared at the same time. And you can sort of feel the anxiety coming off everybody in the room. Do you know what I mean? Like you get that sort of, oh shit, something's about to happen. But then you watch Dark Skies in the cinema and it turns out it was aliens the whole time and just uh, (laughs) completely takes you out of it. It's just like, oh, okay, so it's sci-fi now. All right. Yeah, well, as you know from the first film, that's what the creatures from A Quiet Place are. They're technically aliens, but they don't play it like a sci-fi way. It's played very much horror. 
And uh, and also like with the gore and stuff like that, I'm with you. I'm not huge on like gore porn and all this sort of ripping people bits in flying everywhere. That's why I really appreciate Krasinski's work on A Quiet Place because both of them are PG-13. They're not rated R and they have pretty much no blood or gore in them at all. And if you can do that and scare the shit out of me, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'll be honest, when I when I want to go horror, I usually go the video game route. I find video game horror like sucks me in a bit more and I do have to sleep with the lights on for a few nights, especially if I'm playing Amnesia or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I'm not huge on video games, but I've heard the vi- the horror video game experience is something else. <laughs> and I've seen like some cl- clips of people like with those like, you know, those like flashlight games where you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, so, yeah. it's terrifying. You've just got some massive behemoth creature just like slowly walking towards you, but you're just freaking out. Just no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, Right, so uh, let's get into the news then. But before we get into the news, I just have one housekeeping thing to say to our fans. Uh, It's not the best news, but unfortunately it is what it is. Now, as you guys have listened, that you know we've been doing our weekly reviews of WandaVision and The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And when this episode premieres, if you hear it when it premieres, the first episode of Loki, the new MCU show, would have already premiered. Unfortunately, though, due to uh, some new work commitments by myself and Dave as well, we won't really have the time uh, to put into doing the weekly reviews of Loki. So unfortunately, we won't be doing them, Uh, which is a shame, but um, it is what it is. But don't worry, we'll still be giving you our Loki thoughts on the main show here as that is still going to go ahead weekly. So you won't just get mine and Dave's opinions. You'll also get Tom's uh, of what's going on in the world of Loki and the TVA. So I am so excited to watch that. (laughs) But yeah, sorry guys, we won't be doing our weekly reviews. All right, so let's get into the news then. Tear up page one, run that photo instead. Headline? Spider-Man, hero or menace? Exclusive Daily Bugle photo. Let's get this story out the way first then, shall we? (laughs) Yes, let's. (laughs) To no surprise to anyone, I think. Least of all me. (laughs) Jupiter's legacy the latest superhero TV series from Netflix has been cancelled after one season. Uh, it's not sort of the whole world of like the Milliverse has not been scrapped completely. Netflix are sort of reworking now this into an anthology and they're going to be making a new TV show called Super Crooks, um, which is going to sort of focus on the villains but take place within the same world. Now, we've sort of briefly spoken about this show here and there since it's premiered. I will give my sort of a spoiler review here. Uh, but yeah, as you can say, I'm I'm not a fan of this show. I watched it and I just felt incredibly bored. I felt it was trying to do too much of what already had been done in the comics before and superhero TV. Uh, in this story as well, apparently like the budget was released for the film was $200 million for this series and that absolutely shocked me because when watching this show i was like this looks cheap this uh, and upon hearing that it's 200 million dollars i'm like where the fuck did that money go what the fuck did you do with that money because you definitely didn't put that money in the show honestly like (laughs) so yeah i'm i wasn't happy with the show at all i just couldn't get engaged with it none of the characters were really endearing or charming everybody was just sad all the time and yeah, it just didn't, you know, just didn't work for me. And judging from the the 
reaction online from fans and other people around the world. It just didn't really work for them as well. So, you know, people thought, oh, are they, you know, going to be sort of reboot this? No, because Netflix have also let go of all the contracts from the actors. And in the TV business, when they do that, that's serious business. That means that show is dead. If you're being released from your contract, that you've got free reign to work on other projects. So, yeah, the show is dead although the Milliverse is not quite dead yet. But, Tom, what do you make of this news? I know you you didn't really finish the show, did you? You only watched, like, a couple of episodes. I, yeah, I didn't even make it past episode two. I mean, like, I did want to try and push through just so, you know, I could actually get, like, a fully formed opinion of the show. But honestly, just, like, it didn't do anything for me. It gave me no reason to keep watching. It, like, like you said, it just looked... It, it felt like a CW show trying to do The Boys or Invincible and failing. And how it cost $200 million, I do not know. This has now got me worried because, you know, the Amazon Lord of the Rings TV series has a budget of like $450 million And like, just like, where's that going to go? <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a little bit more faith in that project, I can tell you. I have you. a little bit more faith in that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But just... I, I'm not shocked at all because from what I've heard from people I know who've seen it and as you said the reaction online didn't really gel with people like it's not like there have been a couple of people trying to say like oh no it was really good it was leading up to some good stuff I I just don't see it and like I'm not the biggest fan of Miller's work anyway but I don't want to say that that was the entire reason that I wasn't getting into the show because I did give it a genuine chance it just did not grip me at all like Invincible had me gripped after, honestly, about 15 minutes into the episode, never mind the end of the first episode. And I was a bit on the fence of like, like I liked the cast of it, but I was a bit on the fence of, I don't know if I'm going to like this property per se. And proved me wrong. Jupiter's Legacy did not prove me wrong. And I think Super Crooks is probably a bit ambitious from Netflix. I get that they want to try and get the most out of the Mark Miller like IP now that they've bought it all. But uh, I don't know if this is the right route to go. 30 million they spent on that to acquire the rights. Wow. Wow. That's uh, that's a hefty bit of dollar there. Not sure if I would have paid that much personally. I don't have that much to bargain (laughs) with. (laughs) Just like Disney, they're like, we bid 30 million. I go, I've got a packet of Skittles and uh, I can probably withdraw like 20 quid right now. Uh, cash cash in hand i'll take give it to you right cash now in hand. <laughs> so yeah i think i think netflix needs i mean they can either keep doing what they're doing with they just throw shit at the wall see what sticks approach because when it works it works when it doesn't you know it's the same as like well not every tv show was a hit some of them are duds so it's the same with netflix but if they are genuinely trying to compete in the superhero genre of, of, of things then they need to actually like take a good hard look at what they actually want to do, especially with the Miller like IP. Because if they keep doing what they're doing, I just think they're just going to keep getting failures after failures, and eventually they'll just palm off the IP to someone else who will probably end up uh, doing a better job with it. Because like I said, even though I don't like Mark Miller's work, it's ridiculously easy to make his work work on TV. 
because it's almost like he writes his things with that in mind, like that it's going to be a film, that it's going to be a TV show. So, and honestly, I think that's maybe why I take issue with his comics because, like, it, it it doesn't feel they don't feel like comics; they feel like screenplays sometimes. So, yeah, I just find it a bit shocking that Netflix have kind of screwed the pooch on Jupiter's legacy there, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a there's a bigger discussion to be had. I think about. Netflix's model of making, sorry, Martin Scorsese, uh, content. Do you know what I mean? Like, as you said, it seems to be a very much, let's make this, throw it out there, see if it sticks. And for a lot of their projects, I would actually say the majority of them don't stick. You do get the ones that land, for sure. Stranger Things, Tiger King, <laughs> um, and... Um, and recently, Sweet Tooth. Sweet, I haven't ha- um, actually had a chance to watch anything yet, but the buzz online for that show is great. Everybody's loving that show. So fair enough if it's working for them in that regards. But in my opinion, I think you need to have a bit more of a, more of a focus, more of an attention to detail if you want to compete with the likes of Marvel and DC, because especially Marvel with these Disney Plus shows. They're just churning them out. And two for two, both of them are great. And I'm pretty sure Loki's also going to be great as well. I mean, even Amazon are in the game. And Amazon are in the game as well. They've got The Boys. They've got Invincible. Uh, They'll probably have more coming. It wouldn't shock me. Uh, Warner Brothers, uh, you know, they're sorting their shit out with HBO Max and bringing all the Gotham show and the Peacemaker and all this sort of stuff. High quality stuff with a lot of money in there. But at the same time, judging by Luke Jupiter's legacy, money doesn't bring you good storytelling. So I I don't know how Netflix justified going, yes, let's pump 200 million into this project, which not even some MCU movies that get that much of a budget. You know what I mean? Some of them are like the 170, 180 region, and they still managed to do something spectacular I mean, wasn't the first Deadpool only like seventy-seven million? Or yeah, around that, that. sixty, than seventy million, million anyway. Yeah. Exactly, and look what they they did with that, and and a lot of films, Logan. You know, what I mean, they, they were all done for fairly cheap for superhero standards, anyway. So when I see two hundred million on this show, and I'm watching this show, and I'm like, where has the money gone? Because the 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 costumes don't look that great, in my opinion. That. CW is probably a bit harsh, but it is veering on that quality. It's slightly higher quality than CW, I'd say, but not by that much. And then those awful wigs and and, and also just the storyline, like the premise of the whole show is like, should superheroes kill? And it's that debate about killing and not killing. And I'm just like, we've we've seen this story so many times throughout comic books like we get it enough with batman and batman handles it per- perfectly in my opinion that sort of theme they bring it up when it needs to come up but it's not a constant thing and this every episode is just focusing on that theme should superheroes kill and they say oh well the public think that we should kill and all this sort of stuff and i'm like i see the themes you're going for and you're i think they're trying to maybe make it like a metaphor for like gun violence in America and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm like, we've seen this. It's boring. And, and on top of that, just casts better act. Well, the actors are okay. I just think they were given really poor material to work with. Yeah, I mean, if if you want decent, like, should superheroes kill content, just watch 
all of Arrow, pretty much. That's like, that's like the entire thing is like Oliver debating like, should I kill? Should I not kill? Should I only kill in certain situations? When is it morally? If my son is threatened with death, should I kill? I'll kill. Um, <laughs> yeah, you. Of course, you kill in that scenario. So yeah, just like it was not an impressive show by any standards. I mean, I can get through pretty much any superhero content, and I couldn't get through this. I I don't think I want to pick it back up again, especially if it's not getting more seasons. If it got picked up for more. I might have tried because I might have thought, well, maybe it'll get better. But if it's only going to get one season, I don't give two shits. And I honestly have no hype for Super Crooks either. No, it, it, it seems like they're going, oh, uh, well, what's popular at the minute? Well, super villains are really popular at the minute. Suicide Squad, the boys and all that stuff. Let's make something about the villains. That's just what it screams to me. And the fact that it didn't seem like this was their plan. Do you know what I mean? Like, it seems like this is a very reactionary thing. The fact that they've gone, okay, this is cancelled, but we're going to turn it into Super Crooks. I'm like, if you already planned to do Super Crooks and you had, like, this interconnected universe, that like, this is going to set up this, that's fine. But judging from this, it just seems very reactionary to me. Seems, uh, seems, uh, 2016 Warner Brothers. <laughs> Ah, yes, those good old days. <laughs> it's like, you're excited for this project? Well, tough. It's not happening. It's now. not happening. And we're just going to make something else. <laughs> so, uh, uh, are we getting that cyborg film? No! No! You will never mention cyborg to us again. All right, so uh, let's move away from that then and move into a uh, an interesting story. As we know, The Flash is under production at the minute and Andu Muschietti has been, you know, dropping the the gems he's been every now and then dropping an image here or there and this time he dropped an image of a bloody batman logo and this is the batman logo from michael keaton specifically the batman returns one because it, it does differ between batman and batman returns uh, which what looks like blood all splattered over it and of course this got people talking Lots of memes were created of Batman eating hot dogs and ketchup falling down. <laughs> uh, the internet is a wonderful place at times. But Tom, what do you think of this? What does this mean? Are we in for a brutal, bloody Batman? I think, yeah, possibly. I mean, here's my thinking. Like, Does Michael Keaton's Batman necessarily have to be Bruce Wayne Batman? Could he possibly be Thomas Wayne Flashpoint version Batman? Either way... I think we are definitely going to see maybe uh, a Batman with uh, a bit of an edge to him, possibly. Or it could be hinting at some tragedy, maybe, for one or some of the bats that are being put in the film. I've seen some people compare the look of the blood on the logo to, like, like the same, like, oh, it gives me Watchmen vibes. I kind of see where they're coming from. Um, as awesome as it would be to see Dr. Manhattan just appear out of nowhere, bollock naked, just like, oh. Um, That's how you break the internet. That you is how it. you break the internet. You, you put a blue dick in there. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that why Billy Crudup is no longer? Oh, my God. That's it. That's because why. Because he's playing Dr. Manhattan. Oh, my God. We've worked We've it out. It. <laughs> DC, you sly bastards. <laughs> They're doing Doomsday Clock without us even knowing. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to gauge from it um, what's going to happen. Uh, 
I, I think, yeah, we are definitely in for some brutal action involving Batman, though. As I said, though, it could maybe be pointing towards some tragedy. Maybe we have to finally let Michael Keaton as Batman rest. Um, Interesting. Maybe. Interesting. Maybe he's done playing people dressed after flying creatures. <laughs> done Birdman, Batman, and Vulture. <laughs> he's typecast. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the weirdest type of typecast. It's like I'm really like good it, at playing mammals that can fly. <laughs> well, birds as well, I guess. Um, yeah, and there's just like, oh, what about you, Kit Harrington? I, I I can only do roles if I'm wearing black. That's it. <laughs> okay, you're you're Black Knight now. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what do you think about the uh, the tease? Yeah, I mean. It's a it's a pretty visceral image. Like I remember just seeing that on my phone and being like, "Whoa, what the?" Because it's just the the blood on the bat logo is just such a visceral image. You think, "Oh fuck, shit's gonna go down somehow." I don't think this is Thomas Wayne. I don't know. I I feel as if you don't bring back Michael Keaton to be Thomas Wayne. You bring him back to be Bruce Wayne. For, like that's why you bring him back. I'm with you there, but everything you're saying, it just harkens back to one division with Evan Peters showing. <laughs> Gonna get Mephisto'd. Like, li- literally everything you're saying is like what we were saying before the big reveal happened. We were just like, oh, you, you don't bring him back in if you're not doing this, if you're doing the multiverse. I, I can honestly see them maybe like double faking us like that. I think it is more likely that he will be Bruce Wayne, but I can see it happening that they're like, no, no, this is Thomas Wayne. Just I'm, to be like, whoa. I'm not going to say it's impossible because I don't think anything's impossible these days. They could definitely uh, pull a fast one and say, oh, he's Thomas Wayne. And I'll, I'll be like, okay, cool. Fair enough. But I see your point with Evan Peters, but come on. That's Evan Peters. This is Michael Keaton as Batman. Like, the, 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 there's no comparison in, in uh, iconography and impact in culture and stuff like that. Come on. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I will concede that point. Uh, but I will say you the point of bringing up tragedy is interesting because we know that Ben Affleck's going to be in this and from what we've heard anyway that this is probably going to be his final outing as Batman like and and, and they, I've heard rumors again nothing confirmed that apparently like the Michael Keaton Batman is meant to maybe be like the like a new mentor for Barry or something like that. I'm not too sure how that's going to work, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, it's just interesting to see blood on it. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know. Like, I expected at some point to see that Bat logo because we've been talking about this for ages, about Michael Keaton coming back, but to see the blood on it, that's really interesting. And also I will have to say, I've seen everybody's gassed about this and everybody's very happy. I can't help but think if a certain director, first name Zach, <laughs> surname Snyder, released an image very similar to that with blood on it, I would guarantee you, you would have a bunch of people saying, he doesn't understand the characters, Batman doesn't kill, and all this sort of thing. I can't help but think that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but the, here's the thing, though. If Zack Snyder released that image, it would be in black and white. True, it would. Yeah. And somehow, somehow, slow motion. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> Even slower than a, than a still picture. Just like, whoa! How is this happening? My perceptions are moving faster than the picture. 
No, but I, I do think uh, I was I did think about that. I was like, hmm, do you know what I mean? Like people sometimes give a pass on certain things like they criticize one person for doing it and then somebody will do the same thing, but they'll give them a pass because they're that person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm completely with you there. Like, uh, it's a very good point. I feel like I feel like you're right. If Zack Snyder released that image, people would like be flooding his Twitter with like, ah, you don't understand Batman. Read something else other than Frank Miller, um, which sometimes I feel like he kind of does need to. But that's neither here nor there. That's a it's a different story, isn't it? But yeah, I'm looking forward to this, man. It's, it is making me excited, this film. I can't deny that. Uh, the possibility of seeing the Flash live action, a Flash movie live action with multiple Batmans and the Speed Force, I can't deny it's very exciting. It's going to be what I said before, balls to the wall, batshit insane, which is what we need from a Flash movie. That's what we need from a Flash movie. And I hope so. We'll be getting that next year. Can't wait for that one. All right, so uh, let's move on to the next story, and we're going back to Sony, Sony Marvel. And Into the Spider-Verse sequel has got a Jessica Drew. Issa Rae has been cast as Spider-Woman. Now, Issa Rae, I am not really familiar with her previous work. She's actually more known for doing a lot of TV, and she's produced a lot of stuff as well as acted. So having a look on her IMDb, she's known for the TV series Insecure. Uh, she's also done lots of different sketches and stuff like that. So she's got an impressive CV behind her. And uh, just the prospect of seeing Jessica Drew in Into the Spider-Verse sequel, I'm like, yeah, man, <laughs> let's bring more Spider-People in this. <laughs> I mean, I love the first one so much. It's probably definitely within like my top five best superhero movies ever made. Like, I'm not even joking. I think it's that high bar quality. It's five stars perfect. I can really not find a flaw with that film. It is just outstanding in every way. Can't wait for the sequel, and I'm just gassed that they're going to... Let's bring more Spider-People in. Uh, but I'm actually, you know, not really that familiar with Jessica Drew's story or Spider-Woman. I've never really read much of her material. Uh, so this is where I go to you, Comic Shogun. Impart your wisdom on why people should be checking out Jessica Drew. Because, right, okay, so she's, for start, Spider-Woman. She ha I have to say this now. She doesn't really have that much of a relation with Spider-Man himself. Like she's not like related to Peter Parker in any way. She didn't like get her powers in the same accident as him or anything. I'm pretty sure she was just created because Stanley realized eventually someone's going to come up with Spider-Woman and so we need to trademark that. So let's like make a Spider-Woman. But the thing that's interesting about her is that she's like Probably first and foremost, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. She's kind of got, like, I think, like, similar powers to Miles Morales as well, where she can, like, zap people, essentially. But, yeah, she's just, like, a lot of her work is, like, kind of, like, espionage-type stuff. She hangs out a lot. She's got a very great friendship with uh, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, actually. Like, they're adorable. I love it. Um, and Jessica Jones, the three of them are just so great. But yeah, she's just like a very cool character. She's just like this very strong woman, super secret agent spy. What was once briefly um, actually being impersonated by a Skrull for a very long time in uh, the Marvel comics. And when we found out that she'd been a Skrull that whole time, we were all very, very shocked and upset by that. 
but yeah, she's a uh, probably one of the better Spider family members. And uh, yeah, I think I, I'm excited to see her into into the Spider Verse. I'm excited for the sequel anyway, because as you said, it's one of the best cape ship movies ever made. Like it should it should have won all the awards. And uh, I'm excited for number two. And excited to see like what else they're gonna bring into it, like beyond just Jessica Drew. Like, uh, do you have any suggestions that or any any hopes? I or... don't know. I don't know. I mean, like Ben Riley. Don't. I mean, I would love it, but Come don't. On. It'd be it'd be great if they brought in Riley. Come on. Yeah, it, it would actually be Cause awesome because they, they, they wouldn't do the clone saga. They no, just... they'd just be like, "Hey, is Ben Riley?" Yeah. I'd, I'd maybe like to see Madam Web just so they can kind of explain a bit more of the Spider-Verse shit and just how they're all connected. That's a good pull. Yeah, so um, I'd be I'd, I'd hope to see something of that. Like, uh, I mean, even if they end up dis- deciding to do a third film, if they maybe just tease that at the end of the second film, that we're going to get more information. There was uh, that other Spider-Man who was, I think his real name was like Kane. I just can't remember like what his spider was called. Mm wasn't Scarlet Spider because that was Ben Riley, Or was it Scarlet Spider? No, it wasn't. I can't remember, but there's like, there's so many spider characters. Um, ah. The, um, fuck. Well, there was the post credit scene of Spider-Verse. What's his name? From the future. Spider-Man. Oh, the- yeah. What's um, his name? Is it? Uh, is it's it- Spider-Man 2099. Nine, yeah. But I just can't remember like the character's name now off the top yeah, of my head. That's right. It's him. But, um, but yeah, he's most likely going to be in it. Because obviously they had that post credit scene. I loved po- that post credit scene. <laughs> that was one of the best post credit scenes to any movie. So good, and so only good. that film could have done it. So good, only yeah, only they could have pulled it off like that. It's just so good. What if, right, like a, a pretty out there one, pretty out there. What if they managed to just like, not necessarily for a big part, maybe just like a quick cameo towards the end, but if they managed to like borrow Tom Holland and got him to record a few lines as his Spider-Man. They could do it. They could do it. I mean, it's uh, touching upon what we're going to talk about in our main topic. Uh, but yeah, they, it's possible. And I tell you what, I would be way more accepting than that than the other stuff they're planning on doing, if you know what I mean. Oh, Yes. But we'll, we'll, we'll dive so, yeah, into I, that. But, I mean, yeah. Hey, man, if they want to get Tom Holland in there, I'm I'm down for that. That would be great. Hey, man, fuck it. Bring in Toby. Bring in Andrew. Like, bring them all in. That would be probably the way to do it that would please everyone. Because at the moment, the next Spider-Man film is already looking too stuffed without throwing in, you know, two other Spider-Men in there. We've got Doctor Strange. You've got possibly Sinister, Multiversal Sinister Six. Uh, yeah, we got Electro, Doc Ock, yeah. um, possibly, possibly uh, Daredevil, possibly, possibly, allegedly, big, very rep- big, reportedly, reportedly. Yeah, I honestly think it's like more like because people say like, oh, because Peter Parker needs a lawyer now. I think it would possibly be more likely if they brought in Jen Walters because She Hulk's getting a series soon. That's what I was thinking as well. Yeah, yeah. But back to Spider Verse though, Jessica Drew is definitely a, a great pick. And someone I'm very excited to see. I kind of wish she was in the first one, but I'm okay seeing her now. And honestly, I hope she gets a lot of love so we can maybe see like a live action Spider Woman film that would hopefully be maybe more handled by the MCU. But I don't know with Sony what their plans are right now. Because yeah, I love the character. I think she's like very nuanced, very interesting. 
I think I just love her. I just love her, man. She's a great, great woman. <laughs> well, she's going to be uh, voiced by Issa Rae. So, uh, like I said, I have not familiar with her work, but it might uh, me neither. Might give but, me incentive uh, to check out some of her stuff before the movie comes out. So I normally tend to do that with some like unknowns. I'd be like, oh, well, let's see what else they've done before. You know, yeah, it's like you won't be unknown to me by the time this is through. <laughs> I will know everything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, so um, yeah, that's it. Well, that's the end of the, the just the basic news stories. So we're just going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with the main topic. Right, we're back now and we're going to get into our main topic. So this is actually two stories combined into one because I felt it sort of there's a nice marriage between these two stories here. So the first part of it is Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to be playing Craven the Hunter in a solo Craven film for Sony. Now, this is a another amongst their, I think it's called the... Uh, the Sony Marvel Universe of I don't know. It's got some weird name, like Sony's Marvel Universe of Characters or something like that, where it's got Venom, Morbius, and the Venom sequel coming up. Now they've got Craven. I did. I think I've heard of rumors and rumblings in the past that Sony were looking at making a Craven film. I'm a big fan of Craven. I was actually kind of hoping he would be the villain in No Way Home. From early on, I was like, oh, I want to see Craven go up against Spidey, like in the city of New York, you know, the urban jungle. That's his whole thing. But no, they're gonna they're gonna do a solo film, and Aaron Taylor Johnson is gonna be playing him. Now, this is a he very gets around. He's, he gets around. Now, I did not expect this because I don't know. Maybe I'm just imagining this, but I kind of got the idea that Aaron Taylor Johnson was sort of. Uh, done with that sort of you know style of films and filmmaking like he seems was don't know he seemed like he didn't have maybe the greatest time on age of ultron and stuff like that and he's been doing sort of more indie stuff since then obviously apart from tenant with chris nolan but no he's back in the superhero game with craven i can say that i'm not sure on the idea of a solo craven film but i will say aaron taylor johnson as craven i see it I see it, and I think he can do a good job. But what do you think, Tom? Yeah, I think he can do a good job, um, so long as this doesn't turn out to be a sort of Derek Arsehole situation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, same. Like, I, I never imagined Craven as a solo film. I always imagined him showing up in a Spider-Man film, and it would be awesome. Get that Craven's last hunt going, man. But maybe that's it. Maybe they're doing the like solo film so that like if they do a live action Craven live Craven's Last Hunt in a Spider Man film, it'll have more impacts because we've seen more of him. Yeah, though I I think I'm always wary now with any Sony product because it's just always like I always come out of them just feeling like meh. With the exception of maybe the first two Spider-Man films with Tobey Maguire and maybe Amazing Spider-Man 1. Maybe. So I don't know how they're going to handle this. And I'm a bit 
uncertain whether it's actually going to be something worth watching, but I'll probably watch it anyway just because it's Aaron Taylor-Johnson, and I am willing to wait until some more trailers and footage and set photos come out to make like a proper judgment. But uh, I'm definitely cautious at this point because uh, Sony have burned me before. Yes, <laughs> they've burnt many of us before. And if they burn me again, there's going to be carnage. Yeah, man, I don't know, really. I'm, And, you know, the second part of this story is that Sony are now saying that they do have a plan for linking their Spider-Man cinematic universe with Marvel. Does Marvel know about this? <laughs> uh, and, um, so I don't San- think they ever do. <laughs> no, I don't think they ever do. So uh, Sanford uh, Panich, who is the motion picture group president of Sony Pictures, had this to say, quote, I think now maybe it's getting a little more clear for people where we're headed. And I think when No Way Home comes out, even more will be revealed. And then he goes on to say um, that even without the presence of Holland, Sony's upcoming Spider-Man adjacent movies will stand strong enough on their own that audiences won't even miss Spider-Man. But he follows up with a tease asking the rhetorical question, it'll be exciting if they do meet, right? Samford, right, you, you need to hit me up with your dealer because I need whatever you're smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, audiences won't even miss Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> I'm going to rewind a bit, going back to what he first said. Um, I think now maybe it's getting a little more clear for people where we're headed. What? Nobody has any clue what you're doing with your universe. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like, you got Venom, Morbius is apparently coming. It's it's around the corner, I guess. It's in in the ether. Craven, apparently. So yeah, I don't see what's clear unless they're talking about uh, Marvel's plans, plans clear about them doing multiverse shit and then so then you should just assume that that's what we're linking into which is what i think he's saying but also yeah the way he's phrased it is making it sound like oh sony's plans are all coming together it's uh, and everyone knows what we're doing it's like no we don't we really really don't explain it do like a sony presents event and just actually explain what the fuck you're doing yeah yeah we genuinely don't because you got your Venom film. All right, cool. You're going to have Morbius. Fine. Are they connected? You haven't really made that clear. But then in the, Mobi- in the Morbius trailer, there's Michael Keaton as Vulture. Hang on a second. Wasn't he in the MCU? But now he's in here. That's, that's not clear. You haven't made that clear at all. And obviously you're going to have the, the, the Let There Be Carnage that's coming out. And now Craven. Are you planning some sort of interconnected universe? Are they going to be standalone films like what maybe DC is doing with like the Batman and Joker? Because DC have at least made it clear. These are the films are going to be on their own. They're doing their own thing. We're doing our universe here. Matt Reeves is doing his thing. They've at least made it clear what their plans are. It's everything. Do you know what I mean? Sony, I think, are more like, well, we're doing this film and we're doing this film and let's see how it pans out. But you're not being very clear on how these films are going to be interconnected, if they're going to be interconnected at all. And then to go later, where he's talking about um, that that these films are strong enough to stand on their own that audiences won't even miss Spider-Man. 
what the hell's wrong with you, man? Like, are you, you're telling me that next to Batman and Superman, the most popular superhero in the world is not going to be missed in films that should have him in. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, man. It's like, wasn't one of the biggest complaints of Venom before and after it came out the lack of connection to Spider-Man? Yes! Like, <laughs> like uh, I just, like, uh, I, I just, like, whether they're on about their fucking, like, Spider-adjacent movies, or as Amy Pascal used to call it, like, MCU adjunct, whatever the hell that meant. It, it is just, like, they keep, like, toying the line. It's like they're not, it's like they're trying not to piss Marvel off. They're trying to like say like, oh, the films are, are linked in a certain way, um, but they're saying it in a way that if Marvel have a go with them, they can say like, oh, we just mean like, you know, characters that are linked. We don't mean like any, you know, we're not part of your universe. Please don't whip us, Master Feige. Yeah, it's just, it's very interesting phrasing everything is used. And just the idea that like these characters are strong enough to stand up on their own without any connection to Spider-Man or like the faint promise that maybe one day the twain shall meet. I don't see it. I don't see it. Like the, the the thing with like Spider-Man's villains, like his his rogues gallery is very very often or rather it's very very rare that like his rogues gallery like work on their own or like with other heroes. Like not many of them break out to being like global threats with the exception of maybe like I don't know Kingpin, Green Goblin or Norman Osborn rather. Yeah, it's very much like the Batman rogues gallery. It's very we are in-house you know it's it's like they it's, it's and again to like use the sort of batman joker thing it's like they need each other you can't have batman without the joker you can't have joker without the batman um because like as much as i love the joker film um and like even though it does kind of tie into batman's story a little bit uh, it did feel lesser that we were seeing like a joker without any batman involved and it's going to have the same kind of impact here, but to a worse degree, because whereas Joker was actually an exceptional film, like, let Venom, that, like, that was, that was maybe tolerable in the early 2000s. <laughs> um, not so much now. And Morbius, I don't have high hopes for. The only thing that's going to make me watch it is I'm intrigued by the presence of Michael Keaton. Before he showed up in the trailer, I wasn't interested in it at all. In what was going on, um, and Craven, I'll only see because Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson is in it. But it just seems like a mess, and I think like maybe we need Marvel and Sony to come out and sort of like give a more definitive plan. But from the sounds of it, we're probably not going to get that until after No Way Home comes out. Mm. Just yeah, because they probably don't want to spoil anything. You know what's happening there. I mean, it's clear that they're branching out the multiverse now in Marvel. We all know that. It's just a matter of when. And we know Doctor Strange is in this film carrying on from Multiverse of Madness. So, like, it's very clear, like, what the sort of plan is there. It's just, like, Disney and and Sony have made a deal where Sony can make, make keep making their films. And if Disney like them enough, they will allow those films to connect to the MCU on their terms. And that's basically probably, like, what they're actually saying is happening. My thought is, is that I think Marvel would be not happy enough. I don't think they would really care if Sony continued to, you know, make the films that they were making. They're like, you know, you're your own studio. You do what you want to do. And I can see Marvel sort of saying, okay, the multiverse is opened. 
No Way Home's come out. All this shit has happened. This universe, number whatever, is the Sony universe. Okay? And that's just over there doing its thing. And the MCU won't really come into contact with that, if you know what I mean. But, uh, you know, what I'm fearful of is that contractually, Sony can use Tom Holland wherever they want. So technically, Marvel can do their thing. And if Sony want to, they can bring Tom Holland over to their universe and say, okay, you're going to appear in this film now. Or you're going to come into this film now. They can do that. You know, people still forget, I think, how much control Sony actually has over Spider-Man. You know, Marvel definitely have a lot of creative control in how they want their stories with Spider-Man to go. But in terms of what to do with the character, Marvel have very little say. In terms of movies and TV, that is. Marvel still own the rights to the character, like the IP and stuff like that. But in terms of making movies. So what I'm fearful of is... I don't like the idea of maybe Tom Holland just easily jumping between multiverses when it suits them. Do you know what I mean? I don't. I, for me, it just rubs me the wrong way a bit. Like, I feel as if if you want to have a Spider-Man in that universe, you can cast another one. Like, I think we're at a point now within superhero fandom that we can have multiple characters running about. You know, we're getting that with DC with these multiple Batman. So. It's possible. I don't think it's the craziest thing to do, to cast another Spider-Man. I don't know if they're going to do that just because how popular Tom Holland is. Yeah, I mean, like, I think what the Sony-verse should maybe look at doing is setting up a live-action Miles Morales because then you can have two different Spider-Man running around. True, and I want to see Miles live-action, but they've got their animated Into the Spider-Verse thing going as well. Hmm. But I would like to see him make the break into it. I oh, don't know. Absolutely. It's uh, yeah. yeah, I think it is going to be one of those things that, like, after No Way Home, it will be, like, sort of clear to everyone what's going to be happening. Um, it's just my worry is the quality of the content Sony will put out. And as you say, actually, there is the worry that, like, they could just keep using Tom Holland for everything. And honestly, I see that. Like, I know Tom Holland has a lot of enthusiasm for Spider-Man and loves working, like, with on the character and on the films. But like, if he's going to continuously jump between like non-connected films, just because his contract dictates it, I can see him getting like worn out by that and maybe getting a bit tired of it. And I don't know. I just, I've, I've always been wary ever since like the initial Spider-Man like deal was made, because as you say, Sony do hold like pretty much all the power, well, not all the power, but a lot of the power. So, like, it, it, I mean, it did almost fall apart before. It could fall apart again. And, like, that is my main concern. So, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to remain optimistic, I think, in the hope that it's, like, that Sony know what they're doing, that maybe they've had conversations with Disney about what they're doing, and Disney have gone, okay, yeah, this is fine. Maybe they don't need to use Tom Holland all that much. And we'll still get some good MCU Peter Parker content for years to come. So yeah, yeah, I I hope so, man. I hope so. I just I've always been cautious with Sony. I, I just find this whole deal though fascinating though. The the, the deal that Marvel or D, oh, I should say Disney have with Sony because it's just so interesting how they've managed to work this out and when that sort of breakup happened, it was so, I like from both of them, it was such a power 
play move like oh well i want more money well we're not going to give you more money like, oh. and then everyone's crying and then tom holland has to call bob Iger and be like what's going on man <laughs> so yeah it was a troubling time and i think actually that was the point when they finally you know came back and made things up that was the point where i actually start to have hesitations because it was then announced oh sony's gonna do this and that and i was like hmm i wonder what this new deal entailed I really wonder. Yeah, I would like to see the specifics of it. Yeah, uh, but I'm sure we're gonna all find out by the end of the year once we see No Way Home because I'm pretty sure that's gonna change the MCU as we know it. Uh, before we get obviously into the hierarchy of the MCU is about, about to, to change, change forever. <laughs> <laughs> now that Galactus is here. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, I mean that's pretty much it for for that. I mean, anything else you'd like to say uh, regarding that? I mean, the last thing actually I'd say is that when he's talking about like, uh, you know, that the, the the movies just stand strong enough on their own, and I was kind of thinking, okay, I could probably give you Venom because the first Venom, whatever you want to think about it, it did do financially very very well. I uh, I think it was close to eight hundred and fifty million dollars, which is nothing to sneeze at that is absolutely huge for any film to, to get that amount of money so but morbius and even craven like abs- like us comic fans we know who these people are we love them but do the general audience know who these people are not really like i, I, I you know jared leto might be the biggest draw in for morbius and even him he's quite you know controversial and in his in his own yeah. ways yeah, a lot of people just don't like the guy on principle. So, so. that's going to affect the box office. I don't think Morbius is going to do very well at the box office, personally. No, I think I think it's going to bomb. Mm. I, I think, think it's bomb pretty Car- the Carnage, Venom sequel thing, that could do well. I don't think it'll do as well as the first Venom, personally. Oh, it'll make a profit. But yeah, whether it'll, whether it'll be a, as good as the... Uh, first one i just don't know i don't know i'm gonna call maybe like well what's the budget on it anyway oh it's probably like 150 or something million um and and craven obviously is too early to tell because they've only just announced it but again i don't see that making loads of money do you know what i mean yeah just because like since the announcement whilst i have seen people sharing about the news i'm not seeing a lot of hype i'm not seeing people like needing this now or like needing footage now it's just people being like oh yeah so this has been announced you know it's it's yeah it was like kind of like when jupiter's legacy was first announced and i was just like okay that's a thing that's existing so yeah that that, that's also a very good indicator of um how well these things are going to initially do i mean obviously if craven's good word of mouth will spread it'll make loads of money but uh just very wary about how about Sony's films. They just they just haven't worked for me on any level. Yeah, same. Like apart from Spider Verse, obviously, and the first two Raimi Spider Man films. That's pretty much it. Of like for me, I've gone wow. These are really good superhero films. The other ones, Amazing Spider Man, the first one, it's okay. But then the others after that, uh, nah, it's just, nah. 
not for me, unfortunately. So uh, we'll see. I am. I wouldn't say I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm just cautious. <laughs> I'm choosing to be optimistic because I'm worried about the consequences. <laughs> right. So uh, that's the news, people. So we'll end it there. And now we'll go into our weekly pull list. Well, after X-Men hit at the box office, all the studios started buying up every comic property they could get their dirty little hands on. Bum, ba, da, ba, 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 ba. That's my uh, new theme song for the... Uh, it's very, very Shogun-like, isn't it? It's great. Okay, so uh, let's start with Marvel. So uh, this week, there's, there's actually a lot of good options this week. It's really hard to uh, cut down to my usual like five that I uh, recommend, but I gave it a go. So... Uh, yeah, we got X-Men 21 from Jonathan Hickman coming out this week. Uh, like So much shit is kicking off in the X-Men universe at the moment. I mean, even more so than when Hickman started. If you haven't been checking out the Hellfire Gala, definitely check that out. It's been just chef's kiss. Uh, but yeah, in this one, the Heroes of Krakoa debut. It's a changing of the guard as the first X-Men team of Krakoa debuts. So uh, that's going to be exciting. And it looks like a killer lineup as well. So check that out. Um, staying with Marvel then, we've got Iron Man issue 9, and what's happening in this is the origin of Korvac. Now, Korvac was a very famous uh, Avengers villain who, uh, well, he had a whole saga dedicated to him in the 70s, and uh, I'm excited to see him again, especially in an Iron Man comic, and Cantwell has been writing Iron Man very well, so I'm excited to see it, and also the cover art, Alex Ross, so... Just pick it up just to look at it, if anything. Uh, DC, I've only actually got one recommendation for DC this week. Shocking, I know. And that is DC Pride Issue 1. So it's just a collection of stories celebrating, um, as they sp- as they put it on the cover, celebrating a parade of LGBTQIA plus characters and creators. On the cover there, you've got like Moon Knighter and, and uh, sorry, your Midnighter and... You're say wrong, wrong franchise there. Whoa. Yeah. Whew. So yeah, you've got Midnighter and Apollo there. You've got uh, Kate Kane, Batwoman. You've got Alan Scott, Renee Montoya question. It's just, uh, it's just definitely pick it up because uh, all these characters are amazing and it is always important to see more LGBTQ representation. So swing it. Well, moving over from DC then, we're going to Boom Studios. Guess who I'm bringing up? It's Grant Morrison's Proctor, Proctor Valley Road issue four coming out. Uh, it's been such a great series so far. If you haven't been picking up, please pick it up because then when it's eventually made into a TV show, you can tell people you got there first. Also, it's Grant Morrison. So, And uh, then again, not sticking with uh, any DC or Marvel, going over to Dark Horse. Um, I'm recommending this just because I recently completed a mammoth playthrough of all the God of War games. It's God of War Fallen God issue four, which is basically detailing the time between God of War 3 and the current game. It's been very interesting so far. It's been nice seeing like how Kratos has like, been moving on from the events of God of War 3. And uh, yeah, I think it might eventually tie in a bit more into them. I say modern day God of War, but the newest God of War. So I want to pick that up. So reading those through again, got X-Men issue 21, Iron Man issue 9, DC Pride issue 1, <laughs> Proctor Valley Road issue 4, and God of War Fallen God issue 4. So that is my pull list list for this week. Good list, good list. I'll uh, definitely be picking up the Hickman X stuff, as always. It's always a delight. And, yeah, definitely going to be picking up Pride. 
And, um, I, you know, I didn't even know they did God of War comics. So that was a, surpri- a surprise to me. And I was a big fan of those um, early game, the first two. Haven't played the third one, but I played the first two. And yeah, I was a huge fan of those. So it was interesting. I didn't know they did comics. Interesting. Yeah, I found it because, as I said, we've been playing through all of them. Uh, because my housemate was like, you need to play the new one. And I was like, I think I've only played like part of the first one. So he was like, no, we got to do it all. So we, well, we played the three mainline games, the PSP games we watched just like cutscenes on of, of on YouTube, just because we like can't be asked for that. And uh, yeah, it was just during that, I just using uh, like the sites I usually use to like look for comics. Um, I just thought, oh, I'll type in God of War. Surely someone has written a comic. And yeah, there's actually like a, quite a couple. Quite, quite a few coming out. So yeah, if you are a fan of the games, uh, definitely check those out. It's more lore. I like my lore. I have a law degree. Are you here for the law or are you here for the war? Ah. ah. There you are. I am, the go- I am the god of lore. Maybe that should have been my, my uh, official name rather than comic book shogun. The god of Tom lore. Tom the god of lore. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. I can't, I can't. <laughs> Can't deny that. Uh, it's it's too late. I've already changed my name on Twitter. I ain't doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, people, get your comics. Visit your local comic book store, and you know what? Because you can now go with a bunch of friends. We're all you know the world's reopening. We're all getting back out there, hanging out with our friends and loved ones. So make a trip to the comic book store because that's where you're going to get your books, and that's where you're going to get even more recommendations from the dealers there who will be able to say, hey, have you picked this up? Try this, try this. Before you know it, you would have spent all your salary. Yep. Especially because there's actually uh, there's actually a lot of Archie comics coming out this week. So, uh, I mean, I, I didn't want to put that on the list because I thought it was, you know, obvious. Everyone wants to pick up the Archie comics. There's also several Red Sonja comics, and I'm always constantly surprised that Red Sonja is still going. I know, man. A Gail Simone, she's always champing in for Red Sonja. Yeah, I mean, fair play. I I I dig a live action Red Sonia. Let's let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Us, just just us, you and me. We've got this. We'll, uh, we'll release talk to the Gale. Red Sonia. <laughs> <laughs> release the CCM cut of Red Sonia. <laughs> all right. So uh, yeah, thank you all for listening to this episode. We appreciate people coming on board every week, every week, and listening to us geek out about all this stuff. Uh, but Tom, before we get out of here, where can the people find you and what are you getting up to? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Gapperboy. Uh, so that's G-A-P-P-E-R-B-O-I. Although you should probably be able to find me if you search comic book Shogun now. But I don't know. Who knows? Maybe there's someone else who's already claimed that name with like many more followers. So don't confuse them for me. Um, I will just be posting more about my Mass Effect playthrough since I got the Legendary Edition and occasionally talking shit about comics. Uh, rather, always talking shit about comics. That's the life right there. Yes. Yes, you can find me on Twitter as well, at Sweaty Jake, and you can also get all my uh, film takes and reviews on Letterbox at Jake Hart. That's H-A-R-T. And if you want to hear me and Tom talk about some go head-to-head in a quiz... Uh, you can check out the latest episode of Well Good Movies podcast. So that's uh, the podcast that uh, Dave does with his co- uh, host, Craig. And they invited us on, well, they invited me on to do a chat about the X-Men Beginnings trilogy. So we discussed First Class, Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse. And then sneakily, Tom jumped in at the end of the show, and we battled it out in a in a quiz, which was a lot of fun. So that's available on all podcasts 
podcast platforms. So please check that out. And then as for the show, us for us, you, know, you can also find us on Twitter at Capes, Cows, and Mask. And we're also on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Subscribe, follow us. And if you're on Apple, leave us a rate, rating and a review. It all helps us go up in the ranking. So thank you all for listening, everyone. We'll see you all next week. Stay safe. Bye-bye now. Farewell. Get vaccinated. <laughs>